QT. Yeah. QT each and every one of y'all today this is tnt sports podcast episode number 21 and i got a special guest i have arkansas pine bluff alumni and former nfl wide receiver raymond weber with us today before we get started raymond i want to thank you for taking time out your busy schedule to sit and um, talk to me today for my show all right no problem man i appreciate you having me on cool 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 so let's go ahead and get started uh now, Raven, where did your love of football come from? Is it something that you always loved doing? Uh, football started for me at a very young age. I'd say I was five, and when I first walked on the football field, I hated it. I cried. I wanted to quit. But my mom told me I got to get back out there. Um, quitting not what we do. She let me quit at one thing, and I'm going to quit at everything. So uh, it started growing on me when I got good, around eight, eight or nine years old. I started wanting to go to practice, wanting to play. More and more. So yeah, it didn't start off as love, you know, but eventually it grew on me, then I just fell for it. Okay, okay, I got you. And, and who were some of your heroes growing up? Uh, aside from my mother, who was uh, my hero number one, um, athletically, I'd say guys like Muhammad Ali, uh, Randy Moss, all my coaches, they were more like gas to me, so they were uh, you know, my heroes. Uh, and my older sisters, just from everything that they went through in life and stuff like that, you know, they just kind of were instrumental in uh, defining me. Cool, cool, cool. And um, next up, and I see you went to the uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, which is the HBCU in the, in the SWAC, Southwestern, Southwestern Athletic Conference. What impacted your decision to get, go to um, college, to get your college education there in business marketing and play football uh, there? Watching, uh, being from St. Louis, we had a game I went to Alabama State, so I know how the swag is. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So um, and also, man, so it's a handful of guys from HBCUs to make it to the next level, which is the NFL. Like Robert Mathis, for example, from Alabama A&M. Walter Payton from Jackson State. Steve Mnuff from Alcorn. 
Jerry Rice, of course, from Mississippi Valley State, and just just to name a few. How does it feel to be in that group to make it to the next level of the NFL from HBCU? Oh man, I'm always honored to even be uh, mentioned in the category with those guys. But what a lot of people don't understand and fail to realize, um, it's a lot of talent in HBCUs. Um, I mean, it's a lot of talent. Like some of the best football players ever came from HBCUs. You know, Jerry Rice, like you said, from Mississippi Valley. Uh, he's known as the greatest wide receiver ever. Walt Payton, uh, one of the greatest running backs ever, and they all came from HBCUs. So just to be in that same life with those guys is just always an honor. I'm always, you know, always pay homage to those guys and I always respect those guys. Okay, okay. And, uh, and what would you say to like a younger guy, a younger guy that believe you have to go to a Division One school or a big name school to make it to the next level, like your um, your Auburn, your Georgias, or all the schools like that? Uh, the funny thing is, the NFL tell you if you got talent, they gonna find you. Yeah. Number two, when you uh, you gotta think about it. you wanna play, you wanna be part of the family. When I went to nine club, I became a part of the family. Like, granted, you know, they go to Alabama, they got roll tied behind them all the time, but they classmates don't really remember them. You know, they just another number. You know, they just, the, the guy we're wearing number two right now, you know, they don't really get to connect with them. They, they, oh no, it's just crazy. You know, they feel like they got to go to those big schools to get recognition to get noticed. But I feel like they really moved out on the college experience because once they go to those schools, they up under a microscope. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said it too. Cause you mess up, they they not your fan no more. They they ride with y'all the way till you mess up. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they gonna replace you cause they got they got somebody just like you in the locker room right now. Yeah. Somebody waiting to get recruited. Uh, coming. You know they got these five stars. Every year they got one four five stars coming to replace you, so it's almost like they throw the stake out there and say whoever the best candidate you come in and you you know you get the job. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the same thing I pretty much say, man. It's a lot of talent in HBCUs. Um, Cause like you said, talent go they gonna find you anyway. Um, talent speak for itself, no matter where you at. Um, the next up, now you know Leonard Fournette from LSU. He played his first NFL game a couple weeks ago, and he said it was easy. What was your thoughts um, when you left college football to play in the, the NFL? Was it different or easy to adjust to? I think, I think the only difference and the only hard part about playing in the NFL is kind of like you got the anxiety like oh man I'm on the biggest stage and once you get through those jitters and you say man this is this football you know and it's the same way when you come in when you play that first game you just got to get your feet planted on there and say man all right I can do this but when you're in practice and you're going against these guys that like you might came from HBCU or some people come from division two NAIA school they look at these guys from Alabama like oh man they got to be better because where they went to school at once you realize that the playing field is, is level, the only thing is they got more students at their school, then you, you know, you kind of get in the swing like, okay, this ain't that hard. And, and you go out there and you just fall. Um, it's, not, it's not really hard, you know, to play, play to the play, but I'm pissed. It's still the same. Okay. And um, I, did, I did my research on you too, so. I also read that you were Arkansas Pine Bluff record holder for the reception in a game and currently is in yards in a game, receptions in a single season, and yards in a single season, reception of career, and yards in a career. It also said that you ended your, se your senior season becoming the second player in the SWAC history to ever rec record 100 receptions in a single season, which was the 101. And the other one to do it was Jerry Rice at 103. How does it feel to be right, right there with Jerry Rice, the GOAT? Oh, man, it almost made me feel like, you know how Kobe and LeBron always enjoyed 
Next, I also know that you have your own gym called MTAG. Can you tell my viewers about that? Yeah, I started MTAG down here in Augusta, Georgia about two and a half years ago. Uh, there was a couple of high school athletes that uh, wanted to come train and wanted to get training, and uh, they stopped working out and asked me to work out and be teachers and things. So I took the guys out to a public field, uh, and we started working, and we started grinding their nose. Those four guys all got Division One football scholarships, and other parents were seeing me like, "Hey, how can I get my child in?" And I'm like, "Ah, I'm just, I'm just helping." <laughs> and, uh, we built on that from, from those first four kids. We grew into about 22 kids out there uh, working, and then it was just like, "All right, well, what you gonna do?" So when I open up a gym, um, right now we got about 36, 37 kids in college right now. Um, not just football, but basketball, um, baseball, lacrosse. Soccer track, so it's, um, I mean, it's crazy. You know, we started this gym up two and a half years ago, opened the doors for our business gym April 1st, 2016, and now I find still it's way over 100 people. Yeah, you like you're doing your thing, man. I, I see um, pictures and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Do you see yourself touching the gridiron again, playing football again? Uh, I've been, I've been working out. So, um, was it more? Is football more than a game? You or was just, uh, was just uh, something to do, or was it for the, oh, was it for the money? Yes, more than the game. Uh, that's why I named my gym more than the game because some of the lessons that I took, I was taught on some of the values that I got to me were taught on the gridiron, on the football field. You know, uh, resilience. Um, you know, working. Uh, sometimes you're not the best, but you continue to work towards. You know, you build on it. Uh, where other guys may get handed something, you got to work for it. Football taught me all of it all. I got a slogan, it's hard, but it's fair. And that's what football taught me. You know, life is hard, but it's fair because it's my life. You know, everybody has their own battle. So whatever battle I'm going through, it's my battle. My battle may not be big to somebody else who's fighting cancer, somebody else who's homelessness, or something like that. So my battle is my battle, you know. And um, some people would gladly take what I'm going through in life. 
team. So, uh, football is a teacher for me. You know, it, it opens so many doors for me. So, I got a real love for the game. And I always try to teach my athletes, you know, take you what you're learning on the football field or what you're learning in training right now. And when life happens, you know, apply it to it. Because you can have some things like that might knock you down or might be hard. And you can be like, well, I made it do a year workout that day and I think I would. So, I can get this and so you can always relate the uh, athletic field to the real world. Okay. And also, what would you tell, like, some younger guys that uh, they get uh, discouraged and be like, this hard, I don't know if I can make it to that level because so many people out like, there going for that same thing? Uh, what's for you is for you. Uh, you know, you got to grind. You know, if it's supposed to happen for you, it's going to happen. But no matter what, leave it all on the field. Don't. You got two types of pains in the world, pain and discipline, pain and regret. Do everything you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. And if you don't make it, you can hold your head up. At least I try. And if you don't do it, if you try to take a shortcut, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, and it doesn't work out, now you're going to say, I wish I would have or I should have. So, I mean, it's a one percentile, and who knew a kid from St. Louis would be in that one percent to make it in the NFL. So, you can't listen to the doubts, and you can't even look at the numbers and the statistics. You just got to go for it. Okay. And I'm gonna go back to the HBC. I'm gonna go back to the HBCU thing. I went to HBCU and you went. So what was the experience like for you um, going to HBCU? Oh man, I love, I love, love, love HBCU. Now the good thing about it is I didn't go to a, a Alabama. I didn't go to an office, so I didn't know what I was getting out of it. Like the cafeteria, the stipend, you know, all the perks they got. So my experience, my college experience, was a great college experience. You know, I'm living a life. On lifelong friend. I got a friend I'm close to to this day. We close friends, man. Like I said, I'm only 29, but it's like I know forever. So, yes, man, it's dope, man. I, like you said, I would advise everybody to go to HBCU at least two years, if not the whole the whole thing. Um, yeah, so, and also, man, how you balance the time between your family, being a family man and uh, doing your gym and when you even when you was playing football, how did you balance that time with your family, being a family man? It's hard, uh, and I thank my wife for being so supportive of uh, my grind because I wake up at 5 in the morning, leave the house by 5.30, get to the gym at 6, go back to the house at 7, pick up my daughter, take school, and then I'm back here uh, at the gym at 8 a.m., and then I don't leave again until 9. So it's like, you know, big guys are I'm missing, you know, seeing my kids to help them with their homework. My mother, she brings them to the gym, uh, I take a day off. At first, I didn't take days off, but now I, I take like a Sunday morning off or Sunday evening off to go hang out with my kids and it's just my kids and my wife and I'm, I'm giving them all my time and divided attention for the car you know because it's always like especially on your own business and 
the back of your mind, you always think of ways, like you never off work, you always think of ways to how you can improve your business. And uh, so you gotta, you gotta have a couple balance of work and family time. And football wise, football was so demanding. You know, football, it can, I can easily be playing for the Seahawks one week and then get traded and get released and end up all the way in Miami or something like that. So you're just moving around. So you just gotta constantly keep um, communication. And the most valuable asset is probably FaceTime. You know, I can always FaceTime my family and talk to them. Um, I know it's not nothing like being here, but they can at least see me and talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. And they're like family. Um, and um, and who are some of your favorite rappers, man? That you listen to before that you listen to before a game, or even now before you work out that you listen to? Well, now, now my favorite rappers are guys like J Cole, uh, Jay Z, Kendrick. Uh, I'm more of a, uh, I ain't gonna call them the woke rappers, but the rappers actually spinning Nas rap information. But back in the day, when I wanted to get ready for a game. I'm Jay-Z 444 album was dope. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think I listened to that album for like three, four weeks without listening to anything else. And I'm a big Lil Wayne head. Oh, yeah. I used to, I used to rock with Wayne back when he was Carter 1. I was Carter 1, 2, 3, dedication, you know. Yeah. That's when I was a Wayne fan. And then, you know, that's your guy, so I ain't gonna talk about it. That's your guy, but I don't know what he's talking about lately. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. But then that's it, Raymond, man. I appreciate you taking time out your morning. Don't chop it up with me, man. You got any shout outs you want to do, man? Man, see, I just want to shout out all my athletes at Memorial Athlete Development Center in Augusta, Georgia, Um, Everybody playing HBCU ball right now. Okay, ladies and gents, we're going to take a quick break and come right back and get into the New Orleans Saints. This is TNT Sports Podcast with Terrence Bennett, episode number 21. Good morning. You are now tuned into TNT Sports Podcast with Terrence Bennett. Sports all day, every day. Bring it in now. Let's get it. Get it. Y'all know what time it is, who that nation time, New Orleans Saints time, so let's go and jump into it. Who that 
to that nation. Let's go and get to the New Orleans Saints. All right, so we'll go ahead and jump into it, man. The New Orleans Saints spent a few days this week without a fullback, but they will have one on the roster starting Monday at opening against Minnesota Vikings. John Coon resigned with the Saints on Wednesday, according to the league, so it's just three days after they released him to help make room uh, for two players that um, they claim off waivers. Coon, 34 years old, worked as a long fullback for the Saints in 2016, as it appears he has the role again this season. Last Coon had 18 rushes for 37 yards, including 12 first downs and four touchdowns, as well as 16 receptions for 70 yards. So that was a, I'm glad they got him back. Next up, Teron Armstead, now on the PUP list, is a good sign of early return, Sean Payton says. Now, the New Orleans Saints had two options on the left tackle, Teron Armstead, when, set, when setting the initial 53-man roster the past weekend. The first choice around it, leaving Armstead on physical, physically unable to perform PUP list to start, on, on start the regular season, a scenario that would have kept Armstead out for six weeks while the alternative was not to place him on the PUP list. Now, as, as you know, the Saints will take on Minnesota Vikings tonight in their season opener. As Hurricane Irma heads down to Florida, toward Florida, the New Orleans Saints have already made plans in case the storm affects the team's travel plans as it's to head to Minnesota for Monday night matchup, which is tonight against the Vikings. Against Adrian Pearson, though, team, like I said last episode, I'm looking forward to that. Agent Pearson go. He said Agent Pearson stated he wanted to stick it to his old team, so we're gonna see what's gonna happen. Uh, Saints GM Mickey Loomis and uh, they have already went with a plan B and C on top of what they already said. Uh, that was Sean Payton said um, to the teleconference on Wednesday. Uh, that would be pretty normal for them to have early discussion regarding preparation, and we would um, have alternative plans, and they would be um, they already been through that before. Page said the team tracks the forecast and makes adjustments according to when a storm is in the area and when deciding whether to adjust travel plans. So a lot of it is, um, Peyton also said a lot of it is just speed in which the storm traveling and where they are location-wise and itinerary. We've done this before, say Sean Payton, and we have paid close attention to this one as well. The Saints most recently adjusted travel plans in 2012 when Tropical Storm Ivy was in the Gulf. The team council practice to allow players to get their families evacuated and held a practice in Cincinnati. Irma is currently still in Category 5, I believe. Hurricane is projected to hit, well, it already hit Florida um, of the state and how it began to, people already evacuated. A lot of people evacuated. Some people couldn't evacuate, but uh, for the most part, they get everybody evacuated. So prayers out to everybody in Florida, man, for anybody that's affected by Irma. That's like the biggest storm in, in history. Um, and also the Saints, CB, Delvin Bro, is put on injury reserve and they signed Bryce Harris. And Saints rookie Marshawn Lattimore looking forward to show, showing people he belongs in the NFL. He states that he's good, he's just good, looking good, looking forward to an opportunity just to go out there with, every, with everybody and just play and get wins. He said of his upcoming NFL debut. So definitely, I'm, a, I'm excited to have Marshawn on the squad, man. I think he go be a good, a good, um, person in the backfield, man, making plays, so, and that was definitely a good pickup from the Saints, like I said, our defense, look, our defense looked great this year, man, I'm ecstatic about it, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with our defense, man, so definitely, who that, man, the Saints, I mean, preseason, we looked good, man, we lost, we lost a couple games, but overall, defense looked good, they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, offense looked decent, man, and these weren't even um, a lot of the starters, man, um, Drew didn't play that much. 
Um, Mark didn't play that much. Adrian Peterson didn't touch the field that much during the preseason. Of course, that's obvious. You don't want your best player to touch the field. But Alvin Kamara, the rookie from Tennessee, monster, speed. He, he would be a big attribute to the Saints from the offensive side of the ball this year. So we got three running backs that's going to be crazy. We'll start off with Mark Ingram. We're going to we'll go next with Adrian Peterson, then Alvin Kamara, man. It's ugly in the backfield. And they got Drew as the head. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen, man. I think, I, and like I said, on the offensive line, until we got Landon Turner, my boy Landon Turner. Got him on the um, on the front end blocking. You know, the offensive line looks good. Um, and like I said, Kuhn at fullback, man. It's, it's crazy, man. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And like I said before, the defense bring a lot of pressure this year. It's, that defense, I ain't seen the defense look that good. Despite we missing... Um, Nick Fairley, man, because of uh, his heart health issue, man. If we had him on the squad, it'd be over with, man. Like him, and then I think Terrell Armstead still on injured. Um, he's still injured, but I read earlier, so he may come back early. So that's a big plus for the Saints, man. So definitely who that, who that, who that, and I'm excited for the Saints, man. I'm excited to be a Saints fan. I'm excited for who that nation. I'm excited for New Orleans. This is our year. So we're gonna um, get the tan quick facts, man, and um, we'll take another break real quick before we get into tan quick facts. So. Y'all stay tuned, man. It's TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 21. Good morning. You are now tuned into TNT Sports Podcast with Terrence Bennett. Sports all day, every day. Bring it in now. Let's get it. Get it. Alright, like, welcome back, ladies and gents, man. It's time to get in Terrence Quick Facts. Alright, first up, the Green Bay Packers tight end, Martellius Bennett, left team meeting while crying after seeing a video of his brother Michael Bennett encounter with the officers. Now, Michael Bennett, his, Michael Bennett and Martellius Bennett, they are screaming close. It comes to no surprise after the aftermath of his older brother being detailed by the police in Las Vegas allegedly at, gun, at gunpoint. Um, that Martelli is, is finding the situation a difficult one to cope with. So, yeah, man, I can imagine that, man. If I see my brothers uh, or any of my friends, man, or any, just anybody in general, you're seeing them at gunpoint on the ground in Vegas or wherever, man, that's going to be heartbreaking, man. I won't be able to take it. You know, it, you don't want to see nobody that you love like that uh, posted on the ground like that with at gunpoint, man. And you know their personality knowing well that they wouldn't do nothing to hurt nobody. So, for them to have him at gunpoint is crazy. Uh, so, man, definitely, um, I hope they get that resolved, man. And um, like I said, I it seem like that people that take a stand on something, that's who the police mess with. So, uh, man, I hope everything work out, man. I hope this stuff stop. And that's what Colin Kaepernick's um, taking a knee for, man. And, of course, Michael Bennett, he's on the, he's in on it, too. He's sitting down now during the um, national anthem, as well as Marshawn Lynch and a few more guys. So, that's what that's what the um Colin taking the knee for. It's, it, like I said, it's bigger than football, man. But anyway, we're gonna go ahead and move on, man. With ten quick facts. Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott loses the NFL appeal. Six game suspension, it stands. So they they threw out the appeal he had, man. So he's gonna be suspended the first six game of the season, man. That's gonna be a major blow for Dallas, I think, man. And um, like I said, man. There's more to it than football this um it looked like man. I really don't understand it man, but um we'll see what happened with Dallas, see if they'll go ahead and pull it on out, man. So we'll see. Um 
Mike Tomlin makes it official. Still his name, rookie T.J. Watt, starting linebacker over James Harrison. T.J. Watt is J.J. Uh, Watt, brother from Houston, Texas. And they also have another brother that played for the um, L.A. LA uh, Chargers. Play fullback. Uh, I think it's a bold decision, man. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy for Pittsburgh for making that call, man. Honestly. Um, I'm happy they made that call, man. James Harrison out of hand, I think, man. And TJ Watts, I think he, he well deserving of it. He played his hard out uh, in preseason, man. For his practice. He got that crazy work ethic, man. Look who his brother is. Even his other brother, man. He the youngest. So they all making noise. They all made noise at Wisconsin when they all played. So, like I said, read the stories on them, man. They all humble kids, man. They were humble and um, they all work hard, man. So they definitely well deserving of it, man. So definitely big shout out to TJ White. Congrats on getting the job, starting positions. Ray Lewis, performer Baltimore Raven. Ray Lewis uh, said states that um, the Ravens will have signed Colin Kaepernick's his girlfriend if it weren't for girl, his girlfriend's tweet. Now, Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend is Nessa, the radio personality. So, uh, I got a clip. We'll go listen in on it on Ray Lewis on the inside the NFL um, talking about that. Uh, so, I think there should be no reason, but, you know. But we're going to go ahead and listen in to Ray Lewis, man, and hear what he got to say about the whole situation about Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend with her tweet. So, it's TNT Sports Podcast. Good morning. You know, and to your point, when me and Steve Bashotti was talking, this is what we're talking about, Judy. We're talking about giving this kid an opportunity to get back in the National Football League. Look. This is what I wanted to share with people. I have been fighting for this kid behind the table like nobody has. Nobody had this kid a job in the National Football League. I can raise my hand and say I did. I've never been against Colin Kaepernick, but I am against the way he done it. And I think this is what we should get, Boomer. I can disagree with how he did it. That's, that should be perfectly fine. But then his girl goes out and puts out this racist gesture and doesn't know to be clear whose girl who's lady Colin Kaepernick uh, mm -hmm. he, that she doesn't know we're in the back office about to about to try to get this guy to sign Steve Bashadi said himself how can you crucify Ray Lewis when Ray Lewis is the one calling for Colin Kaepernick I'm on the phone with this guy so to your point that's what I'm talking about the fraternity of our league Judy I have fought for get kids who's done bad things and, and been looked at the, the wrong way. But I don't talk to the people who can't get things done. I go to the decision makers. And the decision makers in this one were Steve Bashotti and Ozzie Newsom. And the only thing that went bad, the only that, thing that went bad was that image where she tried to make us a racist in the individuals. And that's the sad part about this story. And I listened to all of these things everybody wanted to say about me. People even spoke about my kids. And nobody so, never said, make, I never said one make, thing about Colin Kaepernick. Clearly, you're, you're frustrated. So that was Ray Lewis speaking on Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend sent a racist tweet. So, uh, no comment for that. You know, some stuff you gotta be mindful of what you put out. can hurt others, but we'll see what happened with that. But I got, uh, I want to give y'all, told y'all I'm a big undisputed fan, Skip and Shannon. So I'm gonna let Shannon um, speak on what he got to speak on. Listening, but listening on Shannon Sharp, 
um, on his thoughts on the whole situation as well. So this is TNT Sports Podcast. Good morning. Shannon is uh, Skip, undisputed, speaking on that whole situation with Ray Lewis and Colin Kaepernick. Um, girlfriend Nelson writing that, um, sending the tweet on Twitter about racism or whatever, and they said stop him from getting the job with the Ravens. So I don't know, man. I don't know what that situation is, but I just thought I would share it with y'all. But we have came to the end of the show, man. This is TNT Sports Podcast, episode number twenty-one. It's been a good one, man. Again, I want to thank Raven Webber. Uh, checking in, man, talking to us today, man. Appreciate that. Uh, and again, man, my social media platforms, because I talk about everything I post. Uh, my Instagram is uh, at Mr. Underscore T Underscore ENT Underscore Sports. My Twitter is at T Underscore ENT Sports. If you ever want to reach out to me, my Gmail is T ENT Sports 14 at gmail.com. And my, my Facebook page is T ENT Sports, man. So definitely reach out to me. Um, and I got one more question for y'all. Y'all can y'all can reach out to me on my social media page and give me the answer. Or and I'll announce it next next week, next episode, next Monday. Since um Houston had this Hurricane Harvey, 
do you think it's potential that they can win the Super Bowl this year? Or just off that, like the, like when Katrina came in New Orleans and the Saints won the Super Bowl? I don't know. I just thought about it. So give me your answer, man. Hit me up on my social media. Um, and also, if you want if you want to listen to all my previous episodes, even this one, 1 to 21, download the Pod Bean app. It's in the um, Google, Google um, Play Store and um, iOS application. So definitely download the app. And you can catch up on all my episodes, man. And critique and let me know what you think, man. Really appreciate each and every one of y'all. Um, big shout out to BS3 Sports in um, Irvin, Texas, Dallas, Texas, man, uh, for the support, man. Keep doing your thing with your podcast as well. Um, big shout out to Area 21 Podcast, man. Um, I mean, I think that's it, man. I appreciate each and every one of y'all again, man. And um, definitely big shout out to Houston, man. Um, Hurricane Harvey. Big shout out to Florida, man. I'm praying for all y'all. Still praying for people in Houston. So, uh, and not just Houston and Florida, everybody that was affected by Harvey and Hurricane Irma, everybody's affected. So, prayers out to each and every one of y'all, man. Again, thank JJ Watts for doing what he's doing as far as the money and as well as everybody that's donating, man. So, uh, but again, man, thank y'all for tuning in, man. we about to check out. Y'all have a good Monday morning and a good rest of your day. TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 21. Salute. Get it, get it.